Welcome to the Convene podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Milne-Tide. In this show, we're talking to David Peckinpah, head of Marit's Global Events. He and his company have embraced an issue that's important for the meetings industry to come to grips with, but it makes for awkward conversation. Child sex trafficking. At our first town hall, when we introduced the topic, I mean, you could physically see people not wanting to hear what we were sharing. But, you know, sometimes out of that level of discomfort comes some of the greatest growth. Coming up, what the meetings industry can do to stop a crime that's taking place in hotels and convention centres all over the world, including the U.S. Convene magazine is published by PCMA, the Professional Convention Management Association, and it offers fresh perspectives on meetings and events. You can find Convene online at pcmaconvene.org. David Peckinpah is president of Marit's Global Events in Fenton, Missouri. The company works closely with the meetings industry here and abroad. David joined the firm five years ago, and about a year later, he was asked to an event the travel company Sabre organized. At this event, Delta Airlines was announcing it was signing up to something called the Code. It's a set of principles businesses agree to abide by to combat child sex trafficking. And so my first reaction was, well, you know, probably like a lot of people, why are Sabre and Delta Airlines involved in this issue? So while I couldn't attend that event, I started digging into the issue and it became uh, very quickly apparent that uh, there was a whole and sort of enormous issue in crime going on that I think a lot of us originally think is an overseas issue. It's a Thailand issue. It's a uh, you know, it, it's not something that's in our backyard. And so as I started researching, the very first article and picture that I stumbled upon was a young girl being trafficked out of a hotel in St. Louis. And you could see the St. Louis arch in the background. And to me, that image really cemented it. And, and really, our efforts started from there. Wow. So that must have been disturbing to realize it was happening right in your hometown. Absolutely. And and again, I think, you know, my naivete at that point was that this was not a domestic issue. This is a global international issue. You know, I can see it just thinking about it, the, the picture with the arch in the background. And, you know, of course, over the last four plus years, we've learned that St. Louis is one of the hotbeds of, of human trafficking, which is really shocking. I think it's it's probably because we're in the middle of the country and uh, you know, you've got airlines, railways, bus lines, uh, and and it is just a conduit for for this crime. And since then, we've obviously discovered that it is in every single community across the U.S. He says it happens so easily. Traffickers prey on kids and teens who are wandering around on their own. Either children that are alone or part of a broken family who are vulnerable, and they can prey on those vulnerabilities. So they start building a relationship, uh, they start building trust, and then lo and behold, the next thing you know, you know they're being walked into a hotel room and, uh, and they're being trafficked. The child is introduced to the client in the hotel room and things go from there. He says it may be hard to think of this happening in the kinds of hotels you stay in all the time, but it does. Hotels, uh, a lot of times, I think they just turn the other eye. They may know that something sort of untoward is going on, but, uh, you know, it's all about revenue, and uh, and I'm not going to point the finger at any specific hotel or chain, 
a lot of them tend not to be the big brands, but you'd be surprised how many of the big brands are also involved. And that's why it's been great to see companies like Hilton uh, get involved and Marriott get involved and uh, Hyatt most recently got involved. And, and I think that's really important because it's all about building awareness and what to look for. And, you know, I'm not going to say they were uh, these hotels are deliberately participating, but I'm sure that some are. And, uh, and it's all about money at the end of the day. And talking of what to look for, he says that's the challenge, to get people in the travel and meetings industries to start noticing what may be going on right beneath their noses. But first, the company has to sign up to the code so it can start to educate its staff. Being part of the code means, among other things, establishing a policy against the sexual exploitation of children, training employees in what to look out for and how to react, and putting a zero-tolerance policy into your contracts. And the code is something that organizations can obviously uh, access and read and understand. Uh, And really the commitment is about building awareness. Uh, A lot of people are concerned about what am I committing to, and as you can imagine when we rolled this out, you know, four plus years ago, a lot of our internal teams and staff were uncomfortable with the topic and and understandably. But, you know, over that now four plus years, our organization has really gravitated and embraced this issue. And and obviously, you know, we've got a steering committee that is 40 plus strong that are involved in driving our activities and, and how do we continue to build awareness. And really, the code is first and foremost about education and building awareness, because if we can do that, it's amazing the kind of impact and and the ability that we have to you know stop trafficking you know, in its tracks you know as those opportunities arise. He says at his firm, certain members of staff are on the front lines. So our travel directors are a great example. They're literally everywhere around the globe almost every day, you know, with different meetings and events. And so making sure that they are aware and uh, and observing. Uh, what's going on in their interactions, because they're in hotel lobbies, they're in ballrooms, they're walking hotel floors, etc. And if you're wondering what you should be looking for in those places, Jana Nesta can tell you. As part of its commitment to the issue, Marit sent two staff on a special trip to Thailand last fall. But this wasn't your typical cultural experience. Thailand is a centre of child sex trafficking. The journey was organised by Ekpat USA, a charity that fights trafficking. The idea was to get a more accurate view of how this sordid industry works, in part by introducing travellers to local organisations in Thailand that protect children from falling victim to traffickers. Jana was one of the Marit's employees on that trip. She spoke by phone and she talked about some of the red flags she and her co-travellers were taught to spot at hotels. People traveling with children was a big one, uh, trying to figure out the relationship between the person and the child they're traveling with. And the example that we were given as a way for a hotelier to combat that is, you know, to always ask for a child's identification. But small things like if you're interacting with the child and trying to pick up on, you know, if they're frightened, um, you ask them, where do they go to school? And the child has no answer to that. That's a little strange. You know, so, so even just in a, a normal, natural conversation, uh, something that they should have answers to, if you're starting to pick up on things like that, you know, you can call the human trafficking hotline that's provided, and they can do some investigation onto what's happening. And it works. 
David Packenpah says his company often speaks about this issue now. And last year, they were talking to a company at an event in Cancun, Mexico. His colleague, Marianne Zoldak, was speaking. Marianne, like we do in a lot of these cases, walked through the things to look for. And ironically, an ex-employee of Merritt's happened to be in the audience working for this company. That person headed to the Cancun airport the next day observed something that was questionable, called the hotline, was able to get local authorities involved, and sure enough, they were able to save a young girl from being trafficked. So, you know, that's one vivid example where we do know that it's making a difference. He says the company's trying to extend that knowledge to other businesses they work with. And so there are many different ways to have an impact. And so it's it's through awareness, it's education, possible actual interventions like, like the one I mentioned, Uh, And then also trying to support organizations that are sort of on the ground in some of these markets that are really doing phenomenal work. And and that's what we see as as our responsibility. You know, we we don't run hotels, we don't run airlines, but we are certainly in and around those facilities and those environments every single day uh, as part of our work. And and so that's why we see it as part of our really our moral authority to uh, or obligation to, to get involved in this issue. He says that extends to the companies they do business with, too. While we haven't said at this point we will not do business with an organization that uh, has not signed the code, we are putting language in our RFPs, we're putting language in our, our, our agreements that encourage organizations to please explore this issue. So, you know, I see sort of a multi-pronged avenue of how this intersects our industry, but this is happening in virtually at probably every hotel It's happening in convention centers and and facilities that we are intersecting with uh, on a regular basis. Back to that Thailand trip a couple of your staff went on, they found out some children there are actually being bred to be sex slaves. Yeah, I mean, mean, it, it just shocks your senses that that, you know, individuals can be doing this breeding for sort of inventory, if you will, of for their sex trafficking. I mean, it it really does just shock your soul, uh, I think, when you hear about that. And uh, when they shared that story coming back, I, you know, to me that I thought I'd heard it all, but that was, you know, truly a new one. And, uh, and it seems to be coming out of a particular country as well. Uh, and so I, you know, there's huge opportunities to make sure that uh, that these organizations are focusing in on trying to prevent that. And, and actually, while they were there, there was a, a person arrested for doing that. But you just you can't get your head around it because it it's just such a an unbelievable crime. Exposing this industry of exploitation has been distressing, but he doesn't regret it. He knows a lot of people find the subject matter unpalatable. It was a tough campaign to sell internally at the outset. Our corporate head of PR, uh, when I sent the idea and thought, called me and said, "You really want to get involved in this?" and and then we, at our first town hall, when we introduced the topic there, I mean, you could physically see people not wanting to to hear what we were sharing. But, you know, sometimes out of that sort of level of discomfort comes some of the greatest growth. And, and I think if you talk to people in our organization, they would say that this issue and our involvement in this issue is one of the things they're most proud about. You know, it's part of our overall commitment to our culture and the communities and people that we serve, that we need to get involved in issues like this. David says he and his staff will keep educating the meetings industry and others about this crime. 
That's the Convene podcast for this month. If you have feedback on the show, we'd love to hear it. Shoot us an email at convenepodcast at pcma.org. There'll be another episode next month. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening.